Hey everyone, welcome back to part two of our special holiday edition episode. If you missed part one last week, be sure to go back and listen to it before jumping into part two. In part one, we painted a picture of what holiday waste looks like and discussed everything from gift wrapping to decorations and greeting cards. We also started to explore strategies for cutting back on the waste while still maintaining a joyful holiday celebration. We'll be continuing that conversation in this episode, as well as discussing the environmental impact of both real and artificial holiday trees. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hey everyone, this is Rose Daly, the City Sustainability Coordinator of Sun Prairie, and you're listening to the Sustainable Sun Prairie Podcast, the show that aspires to educate, empower, and engage our listeners in all aspects of sustainability. Whether you are a seasoned sustainability enthusiast or just beginning your sustainability journey, each episode will have something new and exciting for everyone. Let's begin the conversation for a greener community. What are our tips for reducing greeting card waste? Yeah, for me, so my family loves to send greeting cards. We get one at Halloween, we get one at Easter, and they... Mm -hmm. They love to send them. So um, my mom might not like that I do this because she'll probably listen to this podcast at some point. But I usually I keep them and then I like the scrapbook. So I usually cards have like pretty things on them or they say like Merry Christmas and they're like those pop-up things. I actually take those pieces off and like scrapbook with them. I love that. Uh-huh. So <laughs> That's a good idea. I repurpose yeah. them um, unless there's if there's like a really nice note in it or something, yeah. I am keeping them. But I like to like use those things because one, scrapbooking stuff is expensive. I'm all about saving money, so low waste lifestyle helps. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then I get all these beautiful decorations like that I can put in my scrapbook and um, do that as well. So. That's really great. I actually do something similar. Yeah. As the cards I tend to get are made by artists. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, befriended some really cool people in life <laughs> that are really into making handcrafted gift cards, and then they'll send them to me. And because they're so artistically made, I will hang them as wow, like art yeah. in my room. <laughs> and and it yeah, it just makes for very unique decorative art. And I've actually decorated my room with lots of these cards. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Another like dual purpose item. Right, right. And I think another way to cut back to on cards is I know it's really lovely to receive something in the mail, but e-cards are really popular these days and you can get really creative and even like send little video e-cards I've seen e-cards where like you put your loved one's head on like an elf body and they're like dancing around you know so those can be fun ways uh, that you reach out to people and it just gives a twist on the experience Uh, but I think it's still a nice gesture I know it's not the same as getting a physical card in the mail but e-cards are certainly a way to go and then if you do send a card, I think thinking about could you support a card-making company that uses f- fully recycled material yeah. or paper in their cards. So I always try to look at that when I'm purchasing cards. If I'm like, I'm just going to purchase something, I'll see, is it sustainably made? Is it supporting recycling by using recycled paper? So those are, those are some ways that I try to approach that. In addition to that, I've also been looking for plantable cards. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. those yeah. are pretty cool. <laughs> like paper embedded with seeds. And I haven't really found any like Christmas or holiday themed ones. But that's another option is try to find plantable cards. Um, in addition to like the recycled materials, mm-hmm. you can also buy cards that have a Forest Stewardship Council or FCC label on them, meaning they come from a sustainable forest. 
So just little things to look for when you are um, sending out your greeting cards. Yeah, I think too, if you can make that greeting card as like part of a gift. So like we got like, I'm pulling up my kids here a lot, but like <laughs> for school, we actually like, it costs more money to get the digital copies. So we usually get the hard copies. So then we will put them in the greeting card. So like there's multiple things. It's not just the card, but like if we're going to use that transportation that you need sure. to move the mail, like can we put something else with it rather than just the card? Oh, yeah. Um, so we'll send the physical copies of their like school pictures that way since they live all around. And then even like the people that I see, I sometimes like hand them the card or like mm. my family, I'll give it to them. So just to try to reduce that like transportation piece of mailing. Mm. These are all really good ideas. I love it. Let's um let's move into energy briefly. So we had talked about, you know, using a ton of lights around the holidays and having our heat up and having additional like appliances running. What are some things we can do to easily cut back some waste this time of year or some energy waste this time of year? Yeah, I know some things that I think about, for example, if I'll be putting holiday string lights up, are there lights that I can get that come with an automatic timer? Because I know it's easy sometimes to forget to turn those lights off when it's daytime and then you're just wasting all that energy during the day. You can't even really see the lights lit up because it's already bright outside. So having a timer um, on, on those lights, I think, can help you with making sure it's only being used when you want it to and there's not any unnecessary energy being wasted and then looking at led bulbs right could be another one make sure your holiday string lights use that um i know angela you had talked about using solar at one point um when we were talking about this before so those are some things that come to mind there and also thinking about like quality that of what like if you are purchasing some things i'm thinking of like i just bought some yard lights like just regular ones but I know that they have a lot of like holiday decorations that you can get that are solar but some of them are so flimsy like (laughs) that they're gonna break right so will you have to buy it every year maybe so can you invest a little bit more thinking about buying maybe a couple less lights and kind of upgrading to something that might be nicer just so you can keep it over time Um, because like solar technology is so cool and I don't want to like break this little pumpkin that I have Um, so trying to maybe buy some higher quality and thinking about that with like any gifts that you're giving is like will this be used longer especially when I'm thinking like like the kids toys that my children get Um, having something that's better quality will be used more by my children and um, not break Right. I mean, yeah, I'm so glad you mentioned that. And it's something I talk a lot about when I do my tours at the landfill. Like, how can we design our products for endurance yeah. and making sure that we're purchasing product products that will endure, that aren't being designed for like planned obsolescence, which essentially means right, it's supposed to be used maybe once and then it's not going to work so well or yeah. look so good. So I think that's a really, really great point because you could get your, you know, holiday lights at a very, you know, cheap store, you know, the, the dollars, whatever stores, um, or at some other place where, yeah, they're just a little bit more better made. I think we can also apply this idea to our decorations in general. So, you know, forget about the decoration turnover and the styles and the trends and just try to purchase those high quality items so they last yeah. for many, many years. And yeah. if we focus on more traditional items, you don't have to worry about them necessarily going out of style if yeah. that's a concern. And purchasing at secondhand stores whenever you can. I know Absolutely. I love going to secondhand stores in like January, February and just seeing 
but everyone has like gotten rid of like oh this is out of style donate it and then I'll go pick it up for my house yeah for sure yeah I love secondhand we uh, use the buy nothing like groups and there is some prairie one that we use a lot and we've gotten like a bed frame out of it we've gotten side tables we've gotten decoration like we've gotten like maybe thousands of dollars worth of stuff by just like taking something that someone no longer has use for and we try to put things on there too um so just kind of trying to create that circular economy in your community um has been really great and so I've gotten things I would have never tried (laughs) yeah I love that and then just for our listeners the buy nothing groups are typically Facebook groups that you can join in your community and there's also other buy nothing group like vibes that I sometimes see on other community apps like Nextdoor so if you're not on social media sometimes even any other community networking communication app could have some sort of culture of just sharing information like oh I have this I'm looking to get rid of this or I need this um, can be really great and maybe we can also pick up some gifts from there, gifts to give people. Right, yeah. yeah. I've definitely done that. I think it was like a Minnie Mouse, like, kid's toddler guitar. Oh. Like, we were like, oh, we wanted to get this for um, my daughter Zara for, like, we had seen it a while back. And like, oh, this is perfect. Now we can, like, get it for her yeah. and, um, at low cost. And somebody was done with it, and now we yeah. can use it. And I think we still have it, but, like, when she's done, we'll also then pass it on to another child who would get use out of it. So, like, totally. how long is that extending that one? little baby plastic guitar's life um pretty long probably yeah Mm -hmm, for sure i think we should now jump into food waste this is a big topic right but let's figure out how we can cut back that 40 percent of wasted food to hopefully something a lot lower do you guys have any tips for just like tackling this big issue Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I know, it's like, way to start. (laughs) (laughs) I think before the episode, we had both um, talked about the guesstimator. Um, Mm -hmm. So I've gone to where I've found it is on savethefood.org. So basically what it is, and it's an awesome tool, is it's going to try to calculate how much servings you should buy of different products for your meal so you and I kind of like wrote down so I'll kind of share in my situation what it would look like so it will ask the eating habits for each person in your party so like my partner like eats a ton like he probably (laughs) eats like two people's worth of food all the time where and I have two toddlers so they have little eaters average eaters big eaters on there so I could put like two little eaters one average and one I don't think it's big eater but <laughs> larger appetite person um and then it also asks like will you be willing to eat leftovers so I I don't love leftovers personally I will eat them because I really don't like food waste mm-hmm. but I would prefer not to have any um so you can kind of think like oh do I want thinking back at Thanksgiving like did you want to make Thanksgiving leftovers or not um that's something you can add in there and then you can put your type of meal so are you having a dinner party? Are you having a vegetarian-based party? Or is it going to be like a snacking smorgasbord, which I think a lot of holiday celebrations are like, put a lot of food out and people can yeah. snack as they go. Um, and then you can ex- click like the main dish. So for my family of four, um, thinking about like a meat-based dinner, it suggested like three and a half pounds of ham, which ham is something that I like to have at my holiday dinner. So it and I probably would have never known. I would have just gone there and looked at the hams and, like, picked whichever one seemed fine. Um, and we did this a couple of years ago for Thanksgiving and to buy our turkey. And it was, like, eight-pound turkey And when I told my 
mom this. She's like, what? Like, we usually buy, like, 15 pounds. I'm like, but, mom, we have a lot of leftovers. Like, I, we don't need that much. And yeah. our eight-pound turkey was enough for everyone. Um, so it was really nice just to kind of know, like, where should you be at and where should you be looking. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can click through lots of different things from peas to veggies to tofu and build your meal and how much you should buy. So it, it's really a neat thing. Have either of you checked it out before? Yeah, yeah, I really like it, and I would often recommend it to people as well because it, it is such a great tool. I yeah. I actually have not used this, but I love that it's like a scientific approach to planning our <laughs> meals, so I'm definitely going <laughs> to check it out this year. Yeah, and they also give you tips for, like, leftovers, too, like mm-hmm. what you could use, like, the leftover turkey for. So if you're into that, I usually just go to Pinterest and be like, <laughs> right. turkey leftovers and find something. But it, if you want to, like, all in one place, that's, like, a good place sometimes to check out um, overall. Sweet. What about you, Sujata? Yeah, gosh. So I think um, when I think about holiday food waste, a lot of the times I'm also thinking of, food waste prevention first. Um, And when it comes to food waste prevention, I think there's a lot of different things we can do to prevent the amount of food waste that ultimately gets produced, uh, such as using the guesstimator. But even before then, when we purchase food and we're putting it in our fridge, a lot of the time there's not any rhyme or reason on where we put things. It's just like, where does it fit? But there is actually a science to where you place food in your fridge and where you can place food in your fridge relates to how long that particular item will last. And oh, so yeah. I know I, um, in a previous role, developed this educational game where I built a little fridge <laughs> and I made felt apples and bananas and um That's so milk. funny. I actually had the same kind of education. Oh, you did? Yeah, in a previous job. Yeah, it was a big fridge <laughs> yes. and like all these Velcro things. Yes, oh, yeah, so same. And, and then I would ask people, like, where do you think the food should be placed so that it'll last as long as possible and won't spoil? And people are often surprised by the things they would learn when playing that game. So, for example, you never want to keep liquids like milk in the part of the door that the fridge opens because that tends to be the warmest part of the fridge. So the milk will be getting uh, less cold every time you open the door and then that can cause it to spoil faster for example right and then you want to keep like cheeses and meats on the very bottom that tends to be the coldest part of the fridge so all these little tips I think can extend the shelf life of your food which might makes it less likely it'll spoil and prevent waste so those are some things I think about when you know how am I going to pack my fridge for the holidays I'm going to need to feed a lot of people make sure I pack things so that it lasts um, to the point where I need to use it to, to start feeding my guests. I think that's um, something important. And then I also am a big fan of composting. So if inevitably I do have food waste, I try to make sure I'm able to compost it somehow. And I am that person where if I'm going somewhere and they probably don't have a compost, I just bring a container <laughs> where I'm like, I can yeah. put all the food scraps in here and just take it back with me because I really have a hard time throwing food away in the trash. I'm lost that habit <laughs> so uh, oh um, you that's so cool <laughs> taking your trash out the door with you right you know pack it in pack it out <laughs> and I know a lot of people like have, I always got the question when I was teaching about composting oh can you compost in winter yeah you can yes. it just doesn't break down as fast but right. for all of you who I've heard that from a lot of people like oh I just don't do it for your holiday celebrations, when you're having all this bulk, like try to go out there and put it in your compost bin. You might have to chug through the snow, so don't put your compost bin too far. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I think something else 
that often results in a lot of waste is leftovers. Mm -hmm. What I like to do to kind of combat this is I ask all my guests to bring a Tupperware container, not to take their scraps home with them, um, (laughs) but so I can fill it up with any leftover food we have. I can set aside enough for me and my husband and then all the rest I'll just give to the guests. They can take whatever they need home and hopefully that gets eaten by them at their house. Yeah, I do something similar. And sometimes I, I do like takeout every once in a while. So I'll like save the containers yeah. for the guests like Me later too. on. Yeah, I, I love it. Well. Yeah. I'm not the yeah. only one good. No. Yeah. So These I are my people. You guys are my people. It's yes. great. <laughs> yeah. So that's another thing you can do. I also love freezing food, like mm-hmm. holiday cookies. Like one of my friends and I every year make holiday cookies, but we like make a ton and we make them like early December. So we have a while. So we just like, sure. I just throw them in the freezer. And then when I have a holiday celebration, I take them out to frost them. And then I can eat cookies for as long as I want, but I don't have to worry about them, like, getting brittle or old or flies all over them if they're sitting mm-hmm. out. Um, so I think that's – you can apply that to so many different things is, like, freezing food for later or leftover ingredients. Like, if it, you only you have to use a half can of tomato sauce, which right. happens to me a lot. I just freeze the other half. So mm-hmm. thinking about what could you freeze because the freezer's your friend. Yes. yes. Sounds like we could have an entire episode on this. I'm going to have you guys come back next year. We're going to talk about food waste and like rearranging our refrigerators yes. and like looking up what can be frozen. Yes. Yes. And there's also a lot of science behind how can you revitalize certain foods that have gone bad. So I have oh, like yeah. tips and tricks for that yeah. too, which is pretty fun that I would also share with folks. Yes. I love, I've been doing the stale bread. Yeah. Hack. Yes. Which yeah, like works great. amazing. It's like you have a new fresh loaf of bread after mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. One other thing we've done to not necessarily reduce food waste, but to cut back on our emissions is a couple of years ago, we had a full plant-based Thanksgiving. And like, I had never done that before, but we, we replaced the turkey with stuffed butternut squash. We had like a ton of different like side dishes made with fruits and vegetables and then like a plant-based dessert. And it was really good. And all the guests loved it. It was, oh. it was like non-traditional, <laughs> right? But it was so delicious. And like our guests couldn't get enough of it. And it was really healthy too, good for the environment. So it was a win-win. Yay, I love that. And I think um, similar to kind of what Angela was saying, the more plant-based foods we can incorporate in our meals, uh, you know, the lighter impact we're having on the planet. And even if you're not going fully plant-based, I tend to because I, I do eat fully plant-based, but I love um, going to uh, traditional Thanksgiving dinners and bringing plant-based items and introducing mm-hmm. people to like, oh, you can have some plant-based alternatives too in there and it can still taste pretty good. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Share all the recipes with everyone. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't even tell people it's plant-based until after they've eaten it. <laughs> That's the trick. That's the trick. Right. It's like if people hear the word vegan, they're like, oh, right. not going to try like, that. Oh, <laughs> So I think it's time for us to jump into the big debate of what is more sustainable, a real holiday tree or a fake artificial holiday tree. Are you guys ready? Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yes. All right. So my first question for you is, do you think more people buy the artificial trees or go cut down their own around the holidays? I feel like people have the pre-made <laughs> the plastic holiday trees you got yeah. it yeah okay. so according to the american christmas tree association 80 80- oh, that's a thing <laughs> it, it's a thing yeah well, it was new to yeah. me as well but 80 percent of americans actually use artificial trees and then 20 percent cut down the trees and i get it it's more work to go cut down a tree or go pick one up at a farmer's market um but the question is 
are we making the right choice by the majority of us purchasing artificial trees? So are there any like pros and cons to real versus fake trees that you guys see in terms of like environmental impact? Well, I can say as someone who tries to minimize the amount of like plastics in their life as well, I, I tend to want to go to the real tree use route. Um, but lately, what I've been doing with friends is like if we have a big plant at home that's kind of like a tree, that's a house plant, we will just make that our Oh, oh I love that. You put like little ornaments on it. it. Yeah, because uh-huh. we're like, you know, it already exists in our home and it's like big enough you know, uh, there's some pretty big house plants out there. So sometimes you can create creative and use what you have, which I always tend to say using what you have, right, is the most sustainable option. And then uh, if you can't do that, or you you do want a tree because that's still really lovely to have, uh, you, you know, think about the impacts. Like if you get a plastic tree, will it truly last you for, for many, many years? Um, or, you know, if you get a Christmas tree that's real, is it going to, is it sustainably produced? Um, and, yeah, are you going to have a good way to to get rid of that tree once you're not using it as a Christmas tree? Are some things that you want to think about, too, and the carbon emissions of that travel, right? So that's sort of my my thoughts around that. Okay, so right now you're kind of siding with the real trees. That would be like the I route. Think, yeah, but I think that's just because I have my like preference. <laughs> of, like I, I try to avoid plastic. Yeah. But then I think my first thing I do, right, is just using my big, beautiful house plant and being like, we're going to yeah. decorate this. Oh. Honestly, like you hit the nail on that. That's like the most sustainable thing you can do. <laughs> Angela, what about you? What are your thoughts on this big debate? I really struggle with this. So I grew up in a house with dogs. I still have dogs. And so we never mm-hmm. got a real tree because we were, my mom said that our dogs would pee on the real sure. tree because oh. of the smell. So I am like never considered ever getting a real tree because I have dogs. Right. Um, so I, I really am stuck of like, I don't know which one would be better. Like, I would love to know like, how long should I have this plastic Christmas tree, which is what I have, right. before it like is worth its life cycle of like production. Um, so I don't know. I'm really stuck. I would like feel like I need so much information. Yeah, um, more data. It. Yeah, <laughs> like I'll keep it for as long. If it's 20 years, I'll keep it for 20 years. Right. I will and fix I it or repair it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you already have it, use it. Yes. Don't you know? Get right. another plastic tree. And when the annoying. lights burn out, repair them. Painstakingly. I've seen some studies that claim if you keep an artificial tree for about seven years, it will have the same impact as someone who's buying a real tree every, every year, year for sure. seven years. So that's kind of the number. Okay. okay. Um, I think I can do that. Lucky number seven. Yes. <laughs> Maybe even longer. Ideally longer. Ideally longer, yes. yes. Um, but again, I, I don't know who did that study and if it's reliable, but I think that makes sense. I think the biggest issue with those like plastic trees is most of them are shipped in from China. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be emissions with that yeah. transportation. Right. Um, but then a real tree, hopefully you're buying it local. But to be honest, depending on where you live, those real trees might be shipped in pretty far as well, like maybe from somewhere in like the northwest coast of the U.S. Sure. So if yeah. you are going to get a real tree, I would focus on buying one local, going to a farmer's market, like meeting the farmer, asking him, where's your farm located? Is this coming from within 50 miles of where I live? I think yeah. that's a good approach for that. That's what I actually was wondering when you said the original statistic of 80% are artificial trees. I wonder what the statistic is here where we can grow right. spruce trees, right? Mm-hmm. Where like in Florida, they can't. 
grow oh, as many yeah. evergreens. So I wonder how that statistic change is based on locality. Good totally. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I know some people even have like a tree in their backyard. Yeah. And that's what they'll decorate. And it just, it's there year round. I think one year, my mom, she like had us plant a baby pine tree. And then we let it grow for like five years and then we cut it down. And I was like, oh. no, we're cutting down this poor tree we've been growing. And then we brought that inside and used that for Christmas. Oh. But like being able to like see it firsthand, like watching the tree grow, grow. for its whole life. Yeah. And then and you then kill it, it and bring it yeah. into your house. I was like, this is so sad. It is. But we don't usually see that if we're just going to a farmer's market and buying, you know, a tree that's Pre-cut, just, it exists. Yeah. It's just there. Pre-cut. Right. For sure. I think disposal of those real trees is really important too. You know, the best option would be composting it or mulching it and then using it in your garden or at a local playground. Um, Sujata, I'm wondering if a lot of real trees end up in the landfill? Yeah, that's a good question. So for trees, we don't accept them in the landfill. We actually have um, a service right on site uh, called our woodyard where we accept brush and logs. So that's where we would typically see the trees coming in and there is an uptick around the December time of the year and how much brush and logs we receive which I assume again is com- is from all those trees although we don't separately categorize it and track it as it being from a holiday tree uh, but yeah overall that time of year a lot more brush and logs in our wood yard Okay. I know Sun Prairie does offer curbside collection of holiday trees in January as well. So anyone living in Dane County, try to take advantage of that program or the Dane County landfill program as well, just to make sure that tree isn't going into the landfill and producing methane. Right. And then similar to what you were saying, we take that brush and logs and chip it up, then the trees, and then we make it into a mulch that can be used as animal bedding or in a county highway construction project. So there are reuse applications for that um, from our end as well. Okay, very cool. I think um, another issue with real trees is that a lot of times heavy pesticides are used on them because mm. you have to grow them for you know eight years or so. So you have to keep them alive for that long and keep the bugs off. So there's chemicals in there. People like to focus on the chemicals in the plastic trees, right? But there's also chemicals in the real trees unless you're buying from an organic farm. So another thing you'd have yeah. to check with a farmer. Have you guys heard of this like new thing called potted Christmas trees? Yes, I was just thinking of that. Is that no. where you grow the tree inside your home? Um, I think that's one way to do it, but okay. I've heard there's like tree nurseries and like they grow a pine tree or a fir mm-hmm. tree. They like put it into a pot when it's big enough. You can rent it from them for the holidays. And then when you're done with your holiday, you send the tree back to the nursery and they replant it in the ground. Wow. Uh, I love Isn't that. that cool? That's what I was thinking, yeah. But I was thinking you could pot it at home and then plant it anywhere you wanted. Like yeah. in your pro- like if you had property, right? And you probably could do that. You could buy that tree rather than renting it and then plant yeah. it. Yeah, And I love that personally because you're incentivizing the planting of more trees. Like mm-hmm. every yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. Big I, fan. <laughs> yes. I don't think that program is here yet in Wisconsin. If I'm wrong, please tell me. But I do know it exists in Europe. And, like, we need to get it here so yes. we can start, like, <laughs> renting our Christmas trees. And then they, they will go back in the environment and keep sequestering carbon. Alrighty. So what is our consensus here? <laughs> do we do we have a consensus? Like, if we're going to recommend things to people, what should they be doing this holiday season for their holiday tree? 
Use what you have. Yes. <laughs> okay, step one, use what you have. So it's going to be your house plant or yes. a potted Christmas tree if you have that in your house. Right. Maybe you have one growing outside. You dig it up, put it in a pot, bring it inside. Right. Put it back outside when you're yes. done. <laughs> or, yeah, or if you don't, like, get a pine seed and plant it or, um, or find a nursery that does and, like, gift it to someone to plant oh, who might have the yeah. space to actually grow it I like on their that. property, right? Okay. Be kind of cool gift your tree if you aren't able to use it right in your property anywhere right yeah okay and then we're thinking regarding real trees if you want to get a real tree make sure it's coming from a very local farm yeah and and talk to the farmer and ask them like are you going to plant a tree in, in place of this one right. they probably will because that's their business but yeah. you can ask them <laughs> questions and get to know like how far they traveled and right. are you planting new seedlings how many trees do you grow things like that right and the artificial tree we're going to say use it as long as possible. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Seven and, plus years. <laughs> and re- repair it when the lights go out. Like, yes. find yeah, a way to repair it. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, we answered that question. I don't know if we did, but we gave some good tips for how to approach that debate. We gave you some statistics, some facts. So you are now empowered to make a really good decision this holiday season for the tree you're going to bring into your house, if that's something you do for your holiday tradition. Okay. So we've talked a lot about really good ideas for cutting back waste. Like this has been such an amazing conversation with you two. You're full of so much knowledge on this. I want to ask you, what are you personally going to do this holiday season to cut back your holiday waste? (laughs) So many things um, are sort of on my list as items that I try to do every year to cut down on the holiday waste. So, you know, Angela mentioned the guesstimator calculator. That's awesome for when I'm hosting people, making sure I have a game plan for leftovers, encouraging people to bring their Tupperware containers, making sure I can find all my uh, Tupperware to go containers (laughs) and amass them so I can put food in them to give off to other people. And then something I like to do is do a holiday waste audit. So essentially I will like keep all the trash that's produced during the festive times. And then at the end of the the week or so, I will just lay it all out in a tarp and categorize it and see what were my different materials in the waste bin. And then I can kind of assess, okay, can I do better next year by having less of, I don't know, uh, packaging from this one food item, maybe I should buy it in bulk next year if I'm going to use it in my dish, right? So I'm a big fan of waste audits and particularly holiday waste audits because I think your waste stream can just look a little bit more unusual during that time of year. That's such a good idea. I think everyone listening needs to add that to their to-do list. Like (laughs) January 1st, do your waste audit or right Right? after the holidays, get that done. I think for me, it's really just focusing on local purchasing is something I would really like to do. Like, Every once in a while, I do like I do buy from Amazon, and but I would really like to see like buying things more locally is something that I want to do. So trying to attend some of the craft fairs that are going on around this time of year and things mm-hmm. like that, and supporting mm-hmm. local business um, is something that is my goal, and that becomes more of a unique gift too. Totally, yeah, that's a really good idea. What about you, Rose? (laughs) Yeah, so this year I think there's three things I want to do. First, I want to focus again on zero waste wrapping. 
Um, so whether that's cloth or newspaper, I, I have a bunch of different options. I got to see what I have and make sure all the gifts I give this year can be wrapped with a zero waste um, type of paper. Uh, I'm also going to do all plant-based dishes this year. So we're nice. spending um, Christmas with my husband's family. So I'm going to show up with some some plant-based dishes and I won't tell them until after they've tried it that <laughs> yes. it's, that it's plant-based. <laughs> And then two things I learned in this episode is about the guesstimator. So I'm going to use that when I'm planning the portion sizes. I love that. And then I also want to do a waste audit. I just typed that down on my list because okay. I'm like, we're going to do that. I'm going to see how much waste we're still producing around the holidays. All right. So there you have it. We've unwrapped the secrets to a sustainable holiday celebration. I hope you're feeling inspired to make the holiday season one to remember for both you and our planet. I want to give a big thank you to Angela and Sujata for all of your time today and for all the wonderful tips and advice you shared with our listeners. I also want to thank all of our wonderful listeners for joining us on this festive journey. I would like to challenge everyone listening to pick at least one sustainable practice we discussed today and commit to incorporating that into your holiday celebration this year. As a little gift to you, we did include a list of 25 action items in our show notes. So please refer to that for a summary of those sustainable holiday practices. Maybe even print the whole thing out, <laughs> and, like put it up on the wall and start checking those items off as you accomplish mm -hmm. them. Finally, I wanna wish you all a joyful and sustainable holiday season. Please remember that the smallest actions can have the biggest impact. Happy holidays and we'll see you in the new year with more sustainable content. Thank you for listening to Sustainable Sun Prairie with your host, Rose Daly. I hope you enjoyed this episode and uncovered something new about sustainability. As always, you can subscribe to our podcast and listen anytime on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and you can listen live on 103.5 FM The Sun, WLSPLP, and on demand on the Sun Prairie Media Center app. For links and resources mentioned in this episode, as well as our contact info, please visit the show notes. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.